Hello again on this Monday afternoon. This is old Judy Duke with Local Matters. And I have a very interesting young lady with me in the studio today with Greg and I here in the studio. Uh, Just before she says a word, you need to know that I'm going to sound like a country bumpkin for sure, because she's going to sound like a nor'easterner. Is that not right? Megan Atkinson. Uh, yes, I'm from the Northeast, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I started to say, you're from Pennsylvania. My best friend lives in, in Pittsburgh, so, uh, and they have a, their own language, the Pittsburghese, as you know, and that. so you're from the city of brotherly love, that's... Yes, I am. Oh, my word. Now, how in this world, Megan, did you end up in the middle of Middle Tennessee? A uh, very roundabout way. <laughs> I actually uh, graduated with my master's degree in library science, um, and I believe two thousand nine. Yeah, um, and you're just I, a little chicken. <laughs> yes, and then I went. I moved to uh, actually Hawaii on the Big Island. Okay, and then I moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A girl and, on the move. And then I moved to Homestead, Florida, and then I realized that if you move to South to Homestead, Florida, it's not quite the south. It's more like the north. So I decided to move north to be closer to the south, and now I find myself in Cookville, Tennessee. You like it here so far? I love it here so far. This is, out of all the places I've lived, believe it or not, even with Hawaii and everything else on my belt, I actually like Cookville, Tennessee the best so far. Oh, wow. Pat ourselves on the back. Well, you know, I'm pretty pretty fond of Cookville, Tennessee. I was born and raised here. You were born and raised where? I was born and raised uh, basically in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, outside of there around the airport area. It's a little area called Delaware County. Okay. So so I was raised there for half of my life, and then we moved a little bit further out to the Burbs in the area of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Okay. But you love Cookville, Tennessee. How long have you been here? I've been here for probably almost two and a half years as of... You've been here long enough to know if you're going to like it or not, so... And you do. And I do. <laughs> and uh, we've got a nice little university out there at Tennessee Tech where you're uh, employed at the moment. Yes, I am. I am working at Tennessee Tech University. Um, I was hired in a couple years ago following the retirement of Mansell Johnson, yes. who was the archivist at Tennessee Tech for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been now filling that position for two and a half years. And it was my primary reason for moving out here. Okay. Well, now... Let me ask you this. You were in library science. That's what you majored in. From Where's your degree from? Uh, my degree in library science is from Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. And my undergraduate's in history, and that's from Westchester University, okay. also in Pennsylvania. Okay. Westchester uh, history. Okay. That, that's beginning to make sense now, Megan. Uh, let's tell our audience out there in radio land what an archivist is. Okay. Uh, Archivist, uh, what we're in charge of is what we do. We work with the materials of historic value um, with the university. My primary purpose is materials of legal, historic, and as well as fiscal value to the university. Um, And I take them in. We store them. We preserve them. We make sure they last for future generations. Um, But part of the job isn't just making things last. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also making it so that people can study and research with these materials. Uh, So if you are ever interested in looking at documents or any of the historical materials from the university, you can contact me. You can come in. 
We'll let you look over them, whether it's for personal use or research matters, uh, if you're doing a paper, if it's just general interest. Uh, but we also do a number of exhibits throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We have, if you go to our website, we have a lot of our materials digitized. You can browse through, especially lots of pictures of Cookville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did mention we the primary purpose is university archives, but we also document the history of the Upper Cumberland. So we have a lot of material, mostly that deals with Cookville history, and we have very, very extensive photograph collections. Yes, you do. I've worked many times with my museum background uh, here in Cookville, worked many times with Mansell, and this is it's, it's wonderful to have you here talking with me, but I've, I've known of you, just hadn't had an opportunity to meet you face-to-face. So, so glad that, that uh, you're with me. Megan Atkinson, the archivist at Tennessee Tech, in the basement of the library at Tennessee Tech. Been there many times. And uh, there is a fabulous collection of, of Cougville history, Mansell was always good, and I know that you have been in sharing things with museums in the Upper Cumberland area for their exhibits and that sort of thing. Um, And I've been, uh, when Mansell was there, uh, and most people don't get to see what I'm fixing to to ask you about, but Tech has quite an impressive, um, for a university that does not have a public museum, they have quite a, a wonderful uh, in the bowels of the library uh, place, for lack of a better room, to store and preserve so many different things. And I've, I've been there with Mansell and was just so envious, uh, wishing that the museums here in Cookville had access to that type of thing. But that's a pretty interesting uh, room itself. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yes, uh, yes, and we do. We have we have a number of objects as well, mm-hmm. um, which I will caution isn't typically an archive's primary responsibility. But a lot of these materials are legacy materials that had come in in the past, and we are doing our best to make sure that they're maintained. And, and as well as, like you said, I've been trying to work with some local museums, get a lot of these mm-hmm. materials out there, um, as well as the archives and. Uh, our space in the basement is a little bit smaller. Uh, we do have a constant exhibit that we've been going rolling through there about once a year. We've been changing it out. Currently, we're displaying um, medical artifacts and materials from um, a lot of the Upper Cumberland medical right. doctors. Uh, and we also have a rotating exhibit upstairs in the library that usually just talks about tech traditions. That's great. And um, we're opening an exhibit this weekend in the Crawford Alumni Exhibit Hall. And that will be open from 11 to 1, and then it'll be Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. And that exhibit's actually going to feature all vanished places on Tech's campus. Oh, uh, so interesting. It'll have, and I know a lot, of, a lot of, I don't know if necessarily viewers, but I know a lot of people are very interested in the history of your Tech campus school. Um, we also feature- I'm a graduate of the tech training school. If you need an artifact to come and talk to people, I'm your girl. Excellent. And I have a lot of I have a lot of people who are always very interested in the, in the campus school. People get very excited about it and the history of it. So that's featured in the Vanished Places exhibit as well as uh, Bernstein Cemetery um, and Tech Farm and a number mm-hmm. of other mm-hmm. 
a number of other different places that were and were are no longer on Tech's campus. All right, let me share something with you in case you don't know this, but when they were building the STEM Center building at Tech, I had someone who was also a an eighth grade graduate of uh, at the back at the beginning. It was a seventh street school, I believe, and then it became the Tech Training School. That's when I did my one through eight. And they called me and said, do you remember the time capsule? The, I wish you could see look on Megan's face because she knows where I'm going. And I said, I don't remember that. And they said, oh, come on, Judy. And so the more they talked, the more I there was this vague recollection. I said, was it close to the flagpole? Yes, it was close to the flagpole, blah, blah, blah. Now, um, so when they tear down the old Tech Training Tech Campus School to to build the uh, the STEM Center. That's a beautiful new building out there. Well, relatively new. I went out there with a guy from the got permission. I don't remember now. I guess it was Henry Shelby that uh, Shelby that I got it from, and uh, we dug for that time capsule. He had a backhoe, and we dug as many places as we could. We thought we had found it. Ended up that, that it wasn't. We they hit metal, but anyway, you've heard about it. I have. I, I smile because I have not heard about that particular time capsule. Oh, okay. But but time capsules happen to be a very large part of my job. And typically what ends up happening is people come to me and they say, we'd like to do a time capsule. And then I try my hardest to get them to do anything but a time capsule <laughs> because of the exact story you're it's telling right. me now is a lot of times the memory gets lost mm-hmm. and people don't really know where they ended up and. We, um, my knowledge is we actually have a number at Tennessee Tech of time capsules that have not oh, really? actually been found. So, so this is, this is a normal story with time capsules. Well, you know, I wish we could have found it. I just think, and, and I can't remember now what year it would have been. It would have been in the fifties, late fifties, somewhere in there. Cause I was at the campus school, the training school then, but it's too bad that, that we never did find it, but. That's interesting to know there are others that are buried out there. Has anyone ever dug for others that you know of? I don't know about digging for others, but I and I may be wrong, but I know that coming around uh, the centennial and everything, mm-hmm. I think they were talking about one that might have been in Derryberry. Someone put it in the walls, as well as a, a number of other ones that just okay. haven't been retrieved. Oh, I so. You know, I would think that would be such a wonderful thing if if, if you're going to do it, please make it clear where it is. So I uh, usually <laughs> caution people. So if anyone's ever interested in doing time capsules, what I tell them is if you have items and materials that you're thinking about putting in a time capsule, rather than taking it and burying it somewhere, <laughs> put together a box or some type of material and bring it to your archives. Absolutely. Because there will always be someone in charge of it. There'll always be someone making sure that it's okay. You figure if you take a box and you bury it underground, it's subject to insects, mm-hmm. you know, humidity, any type of weather. So if you put it in the archives, you can actually tell the archivist not to release it to anyone until, you know, 50 years, 50 years from down then. The road, yeah. It's in a safe place and... Nobody has to dig a lot of holes anyway. There you go. Talking this afternoon with Megan Atkinson, the archivist at Tennessee Tech. Been there for two and a half so years. And uh, we got to take a break now, Megan. And uh, you listen up out there in Radio Land. Support our sponsors. And we appreciate it. We'll be back in just a minute.
Welcome back to Local Matters this afternoon on this Monday afternoon talking with Megan Atkinson, a transplanted Pennsylvanian. Is that how you say it? Pennsylvanian? Yes. Ah, good for me. Beautiful state, Pennsylvania, especially the west. I've been all over the western part of Pennsylvania, not as much so over on the um, eastern side, but uh, a lot of history there. A lot of history. There is a lot of history there. I, I've Remarkably, I have not been to the western side, no, oh, with you need a minor exception of driving through. Uh, but before I move, made my first move, I actually uh, I worked in Philadelphia mm-hmm. for uh, quite a, quite a few years. And when I worked in Philadelphia, I had the pleasure of working for Independence National Historical Park. Oh wow! So Liberty Bell, Edgar oh, Allan yeah. Poe House. <laughs> um, I also got to work. For the College of Physicians, a lot of people know that as the Mutter Museum, mm-hmm. which is also the museum with um, odd, oddities and kind of curiosities for medical doctors. And then uh, I've also worked with you know Temple University, their sure. Institute on Disability. So I've gotten to uh, see a lot of the rich history in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Uh, Western Pennsylvania, especially the topography, is a lot like Middle Tennessee. And I, I almost feel like I'm at home there because there's a lot of rolling hills and um, some mountains. <laughs> well, of course, there's mountains there. But anyway, um, I got a, a question I want to ask you. Um, now that you've been the archivist at Tennessee Tech, well, actually, I have two questions. First one is this. I used to do uh, research out there when Miss Christine Jones was there. God bless her soul. Uh that woman knew more about Cookville history and the Upper Cumberland history than probably probably many here uh, in this community. But uh, is her her little office room still at Tech? And are you using? Is that where your office is? So uh, if you if you do decide to visit uh, <laughs> the university archives. We have uh, two spaces currently that are open to the public that don't mm-hmm. include our storage. Um, and the one is a reading room, and then the other is an open space that I use for students, student workers, as well as my office. So I'm in kind of an open office situation. Okay. You, you can – I prefer appointments, but if you walk in, I'm typically sitting there in the middle <laughs> of the room. Okay. Um, so we are in – the Jones's space is technically the reading room now. Okay. Her materials, when I was hired, was hired, were – all located in that room. Right. And we have since actually worked with her materials. We've rehoused them. We've put them in acid-free boxes. Oh, thank uh, goodness. We acid-free boxes, acid-free folders. They're all cataloged on our – we have um, an online space that works a lot like a library catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can search it via a text search. Um, so it's it's actually very accessible now. Good. Um, and the um, papers are very secure in where they are now as well. I don't know to what extent um, we have of her materials, but I know that what we did have and what was there when I started is all being properly cared for oh, that's, and very that's readily great. available for people to come in and check out. Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you this. If you had to tell someone, me, <laughs> what the most valuable thing is uh paper let's 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 go start first with paper products 
What do you think it would be or what do you think it is? So by most valuable, you mean something historically, historically valuable? Historically in and monetary value. Okay. Um, so I always caution. I do not um, personally, I cannot really, I can only assess value via sure. its historical value, uh, monetary Sometimes things that are monetarily valuable wouldn't really even interest me historically. Okay. Um, but for documents and materials that we have, oh, that's really tough. My favorite—I mean, I, I have favorites that I go through that well, every you, you single day. That, the most then. recent one that we that we were looking at that I just cataloged um, was we have. Um, I like records that are interesting, so we have the. Uh, we have, I think it's, uh, and I'm, someone's probably going to correct me on this, but one of the Cook family and his, it's his wedding, it's his marriage certificate mm-hmm. with uh, Sarah. And it's, uh, I think Richard Fielding Cook is yes. the Cookville. My it's third his, great granddaddy. Okay. It's his, <laughs> okay. So it's, it's his father's marriage certificate. Okay. And I thought it was such a unique document and I have a lot of, um, correspondence and materials that seem to say that this is the real marriage certificate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when I was looking over the marriage certificate, I said, why did someone draw instead of, you know, usually you have a wax seal, the wax seal is done. Oh, in sure. Red, it's very official or you have a, a binding print on these official documents, but it was drawn out. And I, <laughs> and I said, I was like, this just doesn't seem right that this is the official document with this mm-hmm. drawn seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I inquired with a friend of mine who deals in a lot of different rare, you know, books, texts, papers. Sure. And he said, oh, no, it's, it's probably a copy. So all of the documentation that says it isn't, but it is a copy. But I just think it's so, for me, uh, that, that idea of the format. Well, that, and the idea you're of going back into what, the set, late 1700s? With yes. This? Yeah. Yes. So, so. so it, was, it was just kind of a really unique document. Um, and I like, I like formats. I'm very interested in how... Papers presented and sure. So, well, we have that. Um, well, tell me about uh, let's say an, an actual three dimensional artifact. Favorite three dimensional. Now, let me ask you. Hang on, just a minute. I did an exhibit. We did at the Cookville History Museum on um, the the Upper Cumberland Medical Society and the history of it. Now, when I was uh, running that show, <laughs> um, I think that I recall, borrowing a birthing table from Tennessee Tech. I did borrow that from you, didn't I? Yes, you did. And if anybody really wants to see that birthing table, it is sitting in my reading room right now on exhibit. And it's worth seeing. It gives you the willies, though, if you're a female. (laughs) It it does. It is. It is quite horrifying looking. It uh, is. And a lot of people... A lot of people walk into the reading room now, and then they go, "Oh gosh, oh, oh I don't yeah. want to know." <laughs> um, and then, so it is on exhibit. That is part of mm-hmm. that uh, medical artifacts exhibit right. that's on on display right now. Um, and then there's also a folding one. You figure a lot of the rural doctors mm-hmm. traveled, um, so a lot of the materials we have you can travel around with. Um, part of that exhibit is also a lot of old. Uh, Medical bottles for medicines. Sure. And uh, those are really interesting objects, too, because a lot of it you'll look at it and you'll you'll be uh, worried about what's in the bottle. But, you know, but I messed up. That's okay. <laughs> so. he can, 
talking today with Megan Atkinson, and she is the archivist at Tennessee Tech. We're talking now about things that she finds historically interesting. Now, before before I uh, took the break here, uh, Megan, you were and I, I got you off track. You were talking uh, about we were talking about this uh, medical exhibit that it's at Tech now in the library's basement, and. Uh, uh, the birthing chair, and then the folding birthing table, not chair, it's it's a birthing table uh, that rural doctors Yes, so, th- so those are both on display now, and, and then I was saying as far as other, you know, 3D objects that are interesting, the we have a lot of uh, prescription medicine bottles, mm-hmm. um, and they range from everything from chloroform to strychnine, morphine, and uh, what are the... You still have the medicines in them? No. No, you got no. rid of them. Okay. No, we'd be calling hazmat <laughs> if yeah. uh, some of that was still in there. But but a unique part about that or the most interesting part about that particular display is a lot of a lot of the uh, things that we consider very poisonous are still used in medicine to some extent. When are you going to actually talk Tennessee Tech into having its own museum? Many universities do. I know the University of Tennessee does. I have visited many of them. Tennessee Tech needs a good museum. So a lot of people ask me that question. Uh, and what we're in the process of doing is the archive space in itself. We have um, the two areas I mentioned. You can see the reading room and then my very large office area. And then we also have um, we also have a lot of storage space. Mm-hmm. We're currently in the process of expanding the archives to have a lot more storage space. It's all going to be uh, temperature, humidity, controlled. It's going to be separate from all of the other spaces uh, throughout the archives. And it's also going to give the actual archives um, more space to expand. So we'll be able to expand into some of our storage space now. With that expansion, we're going to set up we're going to go gradually expand a little bit our exhibit space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to also add more space for students learning workshops um, just to have people come in and physically interact with the archives. Oh, great. Uh, as far as a permanent museum mm-hmm. with an exhibit that's just kind of consistent, we probably will not ever – will not. I don't want to say ever, but are, we'll be doing temporary exhibits that will rotate mm-hmm. – but we, there's a lot of problems with displaying materials <laughs> regularly, and I, I know you're affiliated with uh, the uh, yes, Cookville History Museum. And um, permanent exhibits are tough because yeah, of the are. because of all of your problems. You can have theft, you have light, you have temperature, mm-hmm. you have humidity, and things that affect objects. So, so I think having an a, an exhibit that consistently changes. Um, and when we have exhibits that change, we can also have students work on them. Sure. So we, it's also part of a learning experience, and it's not just an exhibit that's there all the time. So. Okay. Well, Megan, I, you know, I hate that we're going to have to wrap this up because we were just getting going. And uh, thank you so much for coming in. I knew you'd be a good guest and uh, sharing with us, and it's so different than when I 
retired in 20, what is it, 2015, then since I was there. But there's some neat things. You're doing rotating exhibits now, which is wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. You just keep going, young lady. You're, you're off to a great start. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing your expertise and knowledge with us this afternoon on Local Matters. So thanks again. I'll be seeing you soon. And you out there in Radio Land, take care. Megan, my Thank hat's you very off much to for you. having me. You're welcome. Bye bye now.